distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match us Here's how we practice Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have, uh, this is episode 58. Uh, this week we have a special guest, my girlfriend. Vivian. Vivian. That, that's all you need to know. Yes. You, nobody needs to know the last name. Nope. Uh, we live in an age when uh, Obamacare is spying on all of us, so uh, let's just keep it at Vivian. And... Uh, you can spy on Pat and I all you like. We encourage I, it. I, I find it very interesting that you you don't introduce her as anything other than your girlfriend to start with. You know, just, I'm sure she's done other great things in her life, but to you, it's just my girlfriend. But we do not want Obamacare finding out what great things she's done and uh, using her in medical experiments. We've talked about this before we went on the air, Pat, so don't, don't try to paint me as a... Uh, as a chauvinist pig. Because I don't understand when you point you... one finger at me, you're pointing three back at yourself, Pat. Well, that's true. I just don't understand why you'd never want me to paint things. Well, it's it, it's not good for the environment, number one. I could be the next Picasso. You could be, but uh, but global warming is at a critical peak. What is going on? Is somebody ripping paper? Hello? 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 Um, so this week, uh, we are doing Spellbound versus To Be and To Have, and this was, uh, Vivian's idea for a podcast for us to do, which is why she's joining us. And, um, I guess we'll start with Spellbound. I don't, I didn't look up the years. I think they came out pretty close to each other, actually. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, that I sounds good. I think they did, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking To Be and To Have was from the 90s, from the, the film... The look of the, the film. The look of the film. That's yeah. just because they're French. They don't have, you know. <laughs> they came out the exact same year, uh, 2002. Huh. So, um, but both about uh, both about kids. Um, both contain at least one spaz case. Yeah, and I, I, I we're going to go with Spellbound first. I, I do think Harry and Jojo would have gotten along really well. Oh, I think so yeah. too. I mean, yeah, they're they're kind of uh, two peas in a pod, really. I don't know I, what that means. Well, that, that means that they are actually not human, but whatever. I, but Harry isn't human. Didn't he have a section in the film where he wanted to talk like a robot? Oh, yeah, I mean... A musical robot. Yeah. A musical robot. Yeah. I think Spellbound might be the only documentary that generated a catchphrase. Um, do I sound like a musical <laughs> robot? Which I, I, I use in daily speech still. I, I have to think that the, when the guys were putting this together, if they probably thought, well, this is a kind of a quirky little uh, topic. This will, this will get us on the, this, the documentary circuit. But once they met Harry, they're like, this is gold. Gold, Jerry. <laughs> I, I have to imagine they were falling down laughing uh, while they yeah. were filming some of his scenes. And just his facial expressions were so tortured, too, yeah. when he was... I, yeah, I don't... I mean, he looked like he was... I don't know what he was. He was giving birth. It was what he looked like. Um, but Spellbound, so pretty, pretty straightforward film. Like there's not a lot to it. It's about the National Spelling Bee, and they follow uh, eight kids who are going to the National Spelling Bee, and and you know a little bit 
of background on these kids and their families, not a whole lot, and then it's at the spelling bee, and it's it's who wins. Um, and that's the whole movie, and doesn't sound like it would necessarily be compelling, but I think it is. It is. I, I, I found myself feeling bad for the kids. Oh, me too. I, it. it seemed intensely stressful. Yeah. And I didn't really see why they would want to put themselves through that, but they were all very willing, which was yes. very strange to me. Well, they they were very well. I mean, there was... So, my favorite of them was uh, April. Um, and she was a girl who, who described herself as a pessimist a few times in the film, I think. Didn't she, Viv? Yeah. And uh, she was like, just like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really expect to win, but well. but then she was like insanely studying like a crazy person. Where even her dad, at one point, was like, "You need to chill out, April." <laughs> and uh, and she had a really bubbly, like happy mom. Yeah, it was her, very weird. Her parents were great. Her dad yeah. like owned a bar, um, and they were just like kind of salt of the earth people. Yeah, and and her mom was just like goofily. Uh, happy. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and and none of that came across, or none of that you know got in the genetic makeup for it's some like reason. That, that Veronica Mars character with the, the baby separated at, at birth, not separated, but uh, switched up at the hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's what it seemed like. But and I loved her. Um, uh, she did not win. Spoiler alert. Uh, but. But she did do the second best of of the kids profiled. It's kind of neat that we're we're talking about this documentary from 2002, and this was happening in '99. So when you go to Wikipedia, you can see what happened to the people. For instance, April became got a degree in journalism, which kind of fits up with being a pessimist because you got a degree in something that's dying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and uh, one of them actually is dead. I found out. Yeah, that's um, sad. The 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 dude from Missouri. Yeah, Tom Tom. I think was yeah, his name Ted. 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 Uh, I didn't read what, how he died, but he was in medical school. Yeah, I don't. There was no information on how he died um, that I could find. But yeah, that's that's sad. But but then there was so um, a couple of uh, Indian kids in it, which I guess is not all that shocking. Um, not Native American, but uh, subcontinent India. Uh, but one the the. Uh, one was a boy, one was a girl, and uh, the boy, I, what was his name? Uh, Neil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His parents were fucking insane. They were like um, the kind of stage parents type thing, but for spelling bees. Like, I don't, I don't even know. They were, they hired him German tutors and French tutors, and he's like, luckily he has a good Latin teacher at school um, for all these root words, and his mom even... Uh, compared it to going to war so it was and yet the kid didn't seem um like all that perturbed by it like he seemed fine with it and his sister had had competed nationally i think too a couple years before um but i I was like it's cool man like but it's just a spelling bee like that's a weird thing to get that head up about i think his dad paid for like a thousand priests in India to pray for him during the spelling bee or some weird <laughs> yeah. shit. It, on on Wikipedia, his little biography is the most interesting written. I think maybe he or someone in his family wrote it because it says, Neil is a graduate of UC Berkeley. Before he went to college, he went on a jet ski expedition with his father and his sister. 
Savani, also a speller. I thought it was going to continue. They died or something, but that's it. They went on a jet ski expedition. How could that end up on Wikipedia? I don't know. Well, when you're, you know, he's editing his own shit. I guess he was like, that was the highlight of my life. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you've got like kind of some other people you might expect. Like there was the one girl from, was she from Connecticut, Viv? Yeah, I think so. Who, you know, she grew up like riding horses and shit like that. (laughs) She's the one that wrote an op-ed to the New York Times that says that doesn't think the new, the spelling bee is something that really needs to be around. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds about it because it does like, like we said, it does seem like a lot of intense stress to put on kids. And now um, it's become, I don't remember this being like this before, but maybe it's just because I wasn't on Facebook, but this year the spelling bee, I think it happened last week or two weeks ago. And people were posting about it on Facebook as if it were a sporting event, like who they were rooting for and how stupid that kid was to miss this, an easy word. And it was like, I don't know why you're watching that. I, I enjoyed the documentary, but I don't think I could, would really enjoy watching the, the televised event of it. I think we watched part of it one year and yeah, it was just kind of, we turned it off pretty quickly. Um, it's, it's not that compelling watching. I mean, it's, it's very impressive. Like some of the, especially some of those, like the late stage words, I was just like, holy shit, dude, I I have no idea. And these, uh, 12 year olds are way fucking better than I am. <laughs> but uh, they even have like the announcers and stuff like who's the favorite this year. Like, yeah, it's so it's weird. A weird, like competition, you know, it just, it is. I it's, think that's all it is. Like, that's why it's a big deal, because it's a competition. Right. Well, they showed on ESPN, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, a sporting thing. And and with really young children, yeah, there. I mean, there's definitely issues you could have with this. But uh, as you said, Viv, the kids mostly seemed to want to do it. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't really like all this studying. and But there is something about it that they really love clearly yeah <laughs> it's sort of torturous to go through <laughs> well kids like being in beauty pageants too yeah oh they love it <laughs> love it they're they're starting prenatal uh pageants now did you know like yeah. son, sonogram pageant best uh sonogram oh, I, th- picture? I thought, yeah. meant, I thought you, that's what you're calling miss miss america prenatal pageant mm-hmm. <laughs> might as well I can't believe that still exists. I mean, I I don't think I would watch a documentary on that um, because I think these kids are are far more uh, captivating than Miss America contestants. But uh, but I did like I also felt for a lot of the kids like you could you could tell they were kind of like, well, especially uh, Spazzo. Harry was. Oh, man. When he has his word, he's asking a million questions about it. Yes. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And well, and just him in general, you're like, oh, kid, you must have it so fucking rough in school. <laughs> um, he showed them. He's getting a PhD in mathematics. Not surprising. Um, but, you know, I, you feel for them because it, I think probably all of us, to some degree, we're, we're kind of, you know, more studious and not, not jocks or whatever, you know. And, and you're like, oh, and, and you're going to the National Spelling Bee, like... What is less cool than that to to young adolescents, you know? 
well, maybe now it is cool since it's on ESPN and it's that's, maybe, maybe that's a good thing that this this non-sporting event has gotten a little cachet. I don't I don't know. It's popular, you know. Our favorite show, uh, Big Bang Theory. Maybe that's turned things around too. Um, but did, did you guys see this that spelling bee movie that came out this year with Jason Bateman? No, was that that was about a spelling bee? I, I believe so. He he lost when he was a kid, and through some loophole, he was able to get back in the spelling bee as an adult. No. Oh, okay. I I remember seeing the commercials for it and thinking I didn't know it was about a spelling bee. Uh, thinking this could be super terrible or it could be funny, but I'm gonna err on the side of caution and not go pay money to see it. Did you see it, Pat? No, I didn't. Oh. I, I I think it came, and the reviews were that it ended up being the super terrible side. I think it was also his like directorial debut or something. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Good choice, Jason. <laughs> it's too bad. You know, we we love Jason Bateman, but uh he doesn't he doesn't make good movies and uh although oh, Horrible Bosses was good. It was fun. Yeah, oh, that was decent, yeah. you're right. Um and but you know, he's still not sunk to Will Arnett's level yet of uh being on whatever the fuck that show is, the Millers. Which is more popular than his other two shows, which one I didn't like and one I did, but they were both better than the Millers. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I don't know how we got onto Arrested Development characters, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you and then you, like I said, you find yourself like rooting for certain kids, and uh, and it's, I mean, it's really not too surprising who gets out the earliest i didn't think i mean i kind of hate to say that but what did you think viv did you have any opinions on that no i mean i yeah i mean i guess you're right i didn't i wasn't really surprised but at the same time you kind of wanted them to go high well you wanted them all to towards the end i definitely had like a favorite that (laughs) i was hoping would win was it the same as mine yeah 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 april she seemed the most normal in a way, I guess. She did. She, like, you like know. Like, realistic. Yeah. You know she's got a lot of uh, Morrissey on her iPod. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I mean, just all of, like, Angela had a really good story. You know, she, her parents were, like, illegal immigrants, and they worked as, as farmhands, basically, right, on a ranch. And there's, yeah. like. Oh, how about the ranch owner who says. Oh. Uh, is v- vaguely racist. Yeah. yeah. I They're, don't think it was vague. It was. <laughs> He's not like those other, not all Mexicans are lazy, he yeah. said. Or, yeah. I, don't, I didn't find it vague at all. I thought it was out and out racist. You're right. No, it, <laughs> it, well, it wasn't, it was vague in that it wasn't like they should all be killed. Oh. But, but yeah, I guess that's the I only mean, sense. That, that whole conversation is funny. It starts off where he's like, I think he was here 19 or 20 years. What do you think to his wife? And his wife answers. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four? No? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a little uncomfortable to watch, but, um, but you know, so you're like, you're rooting for her. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're rooting for Ashley cause she's, you know, living in DC poverty, you know, a black, a uh, young black girl, um, being raised by a single mother. And, you know, it's just, just, they're from all over the place. They did a good job in, in picking the kids. Um, but yeah, definitely towards the end, there's everybody everybody's got a favorite and and i think harry's like the standout character 
of the film, but like <laughs> I didn't I didn't necessarily want him to win. Nor did I think he would. He was just too too anxiety ridden. Um, yeah, he was a little too just all over the place. And very you... OCD. Yeah. Or ADHD is more like it. Um, high strung. Yeah. Uh, kind of remind me of Pat. As a child. As a, I'm, well, I meant as right now. <laughs> I thought you meant as a senile old man. I'd, I'd turn into a musical robot. Uh, I wonder if he's any relation to Robert. Sorry, shit. Now I gotta find his last name. Oh, Altman. Um, Jesus Christ, he would have been a great in a Robert Altman film. Yeah. One of those scenes where everybody's talking over each other, you hear nothing but Harry the whole time. <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, but a very um, a very watchable documentary. Like both of these, I I think from the description are not going to sound like things people want to see. Although pretty much everybody I know has seen Spellbound, I feel like. I think it was it was probably a fairly big hit. You think I think this haunts them now as like as adults college. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they get like Facebook friend requests from people who just like watch the movie and shit all the time. <laughs> um probably. I mean it probably is is a mixed bag it probably helps them in some ways like they got jobs they got better classes or something but it probably is a pain in the ass well especially if you're harry yeah especially for harry (laughs) although if you're going for your phd in math i don't think anything's a pain in the butt you're just having a good time yeah exactly (laughs) You, you know what life's about you figured it out and uh, I, I just, I find it fascinating that they had the after story. I think it's really cool. I, w- I, I would actually watch a documentary that, that talks about what became of everyone. But Ashley ended up being pregnant in high school, it looks like. 18, yeah. 18. But then she went on to get her degree, so, yeah, so that's good. Um, and, uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I forget what I was going to say. Well, Angela uh, also earned a master's in Spanish. And and she teaches in uh, high school Spanish in high school. It's a little bit cheating since she grew up speaking Spanish. It's probably easy to get a master's when you were already speaking it. You'd be surprised. Uh, you'd be. I mean, I, I mean, how easy would it be for us to get a master's in English if we went to France? Really easy. That is that is true. <laughs> you probably have to just be able to say um, my name is uh, Boulangerie or something. And look what she did. She didn't go to the like one of the original universities. She went to the University of New Mexico. Yeah, well, I think the uh, it's hard to get accreditation from the University of Old Mexico these days um, without being decapitated. the The winner of of this was uh, the Indian girl uh, Nupur, who that really wasn't super surprising either. She seemed like she seemed the most together, kind of, in like all around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She she didn't seem. And her parents didn't seem super um, pushy aggressive. or anything. Yeah. Yeah, like the like Neil's parents. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Most of the parents actually didn't seem uh, to be too crazy. Like they were supportive, but they weren't like pushing that yeah. hard. 
maybe Angela's parents were like kind of putting, you know, a lot of their hopes on her, uh, just as far as being a success in America, but, but they were still like cool when she didn't win, you know? Um, yeah. Was that Angela's dad that didn't speak English? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so just, uh, I don't know. I don't know why it was fun, but it was fun to watch. And, um, I mean, I, I guess it's just the backstories. It's like any any documentary yeah. when you're like you're getting to know actual people. Um, then you then you're vested in the in the outcome of this yeah. thing that they're involved in. Um, and the people they chose came from such disparate backgrounds that everything was a little bit different, but in some ways similar. So it was a really interesting study of everyone. Oh, you know what just reminded me of in the beginning with uh, Newper, the, the story of the, the three guys that she went up in competition with to win. That was really cool. <laughs> those, those kids were those hilarious. Ki- those kids were awesome. It was, it was like they were actors. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of it, – it was great to see, like they, – they were like um, the – the cool kids hanging out in school, except they were all nerds, like just exactly. standing there talking. They're about like recalling the <laughs> the past B and like how, B what glory. they what they spelled wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was like the the jocks talking about the football game. Yeah, yeah, the, no, that was awesome. It it was really put together well. Um, and uh, and well, but the thing you were saying about like it being a pain in the ass for them as adults too. I, I feel like it's probably also one of those things where like people expect maybe more from you and, and maybe you feel like a failure if you're not top of the class or something in, in college or something, but who knows, you know, maybe they, they're all just like after the spelling bee, they're like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to have a normal life now. Oh, I kind of get the I think... feeling that, oh, go ahead, no, no, go ahead. The if the kind of kids who would be driven to be in the national spelling bee would be the kind of a person who would grow up to be driven to be the top of their class. That's just their their nature. What were you going to say, Viv? Well, I was just going to say that I meant more of like your, you know, thirteen, fourteen year old personality coming back to haunt you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's got to be that's always got to be terrible. I I would have I would have hate to have been filmed at any point up through my mid thirties, I think. Um, cause I would just look like a complete idiot. I feel like, but, but on the other hand, it, it probably, as Pat said too, did, did help them in some ways as well. So, yeah. And it's neat how, I mean, like I keep going back to liking what became of them. They all be, did pretty cool stuff. I mean, not all, but mostly did pretty good stuff. Like Newper's studying the brain. Somebody, there's one that went on to medical school. There's one that's getting a PhD. They all did fun things. So I like that. Yeah, me too. She even mentioned in the, in the, uh, documentary, she was like being interviewed like near the last rounds that she might want to do something in neuroscience. And then now she's working at like MIT, I think. Right. Um, as, as, as wait, a, she, she's at the same place that uh, Harry is. They're both at university of Michigan, Ann Arbor. I see. I see a baby in the future there. <laughs> A big, smart baby. One of those musical robot baby. <laughs> yeah, with a big giant computer brain. <laughs> if we pray to India, it will be a musical robot baby. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't have a whole lot to say more about about Spellbound. Um, Why did you? What made you pick this, Viv? I just think. Well, I think it went well together with the other movie, and I think it was that 
somewhere in the back of my head, I remember them being seeing them at around the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they do they do go well together. Yeah, I think. it's um, it's like the it's like the French people and the, uh, the American people got together and said, "Let's make similar movies." Yeah, well, that's usually how it goes. Um, that's why you they have... just they did it very differently. Yeah, they did, and mm-hmm. I mean, just like you know, Gerard Depardieu is is like the French Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. but that's like a totally different thing too. Uh, I thought it was the French Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, that that could be maybe Tom Sizemore. All uh, I know is he's not a Scientologist. No. Uh, well, I, I think that's banned in France, along with burkas. Uh, should we take a break before we go to, to be and to have? Sure. All right. Let's do it. Hold on. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shanmiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation The land of the Thracians and all right, we're back uh, with To Be and To Have. Uh, anybody want to take the reins on this one and give a brief description? All right, I guess I'll do it. Uh, so it's a movie about a, uh, a rural French one-room schoolhouse. Um just like Laura Ingalls Wilder went to, uh, but they're a lot classier and eat more cheese because it's in France. And I think he teaches from like uh, kindergarten up through, who knows, sixth or seventh grade, like yeah, right before middle tell. school. Well, there would go. Yeah, I think six. I would say six. Yeah. Um, uh, in a in a one room house, so he's, he's it's there's one teacher teaching all these different age kids. And, uh, and I mean, literally, that's what the movie is. It's just, it's maybe, like, Spellbound's very direct. It's, it's just is what it is. And this kind of is, too. There's maybe a little bit more arty touches with, like, the turtles crawling across the floor uh, at the beginning of the film. Um, but uh, this documentary is, I, I don't know if it's the first one I've seen, but one of the few I've seen that is just... Just the subjects. They don't have any interviews with people. There's no narration. It's just, you're just watching what's going on. There's no context. Yeah, it's not talking head explaining things, yeah. Right. And, uh, but it's, and, and this one, there's there's another spaz. Uh, Jojo. The French Harry. The French Harry, yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who would love to get together with Harry to talk about the... The, the uh, musical robot. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. And Jojo is definitely the star of this film. I don't know how old that kid is. Probably six, I would guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I guess he is younger than Harry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Most definitely. But he's just, he's just crazy, dude. That he was cracking me up through the whole movie. It was just, he's like, his teacher's talking to him and he's like, I saw a wasp. 
<laughs> just <laughs> random shit always coming out of his mouth. Um, was he the one that talked about the dream or was that another kid? No, he... Uh, there's another kid. was another, another kid, kid, yeah. yeah. Uh, the nightmare with the ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. And But um, he is the one that, that got clocked. Because I forget what he was doing, but out in the field, he he got. I was surprised he was he was crying, and and oh, Mr. Yeah. Lopez had to had to calm him down. Yeah, very uh, very Mr. Rogers ish, Mr. Lopez, this teacher. Yes, very sweet, serene, and, calm. Yeah, but he commands respect. All the kids call him sir. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, I mean, I think that's just like a French thing. I think they're you know. They're just more, uh, you know, they're more reverential. They have the whole, they have the whole formal and informal speech, you know, for you. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, but the kids. Well, I don't know if you read the Wikipedia page, Pat. I would assume you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, something happened after the film, and the kids stood by him even then. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I kind of, Viv and I haven't talked about it ourselves either, but I kind of side with the teacher on on that but just based on this film because he seemed to be a genuine a genuinely great teacher who the kids loved oh i think maybe you're talking about something i don't know about okay you should go to the wikipedia page uh there's a there's a section called lawsuit oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. um but but anyway i i mean he seemed genuine in this to me and and he you know he remind he reminds you of the great teachers you had, you know, or the one great teacher you had, however many you had. Um, I think most people had at least one that sticks out in their head and, uh, and how much of a difference they make in your life. I thought it was just really sweet the way he treated each kid as like an individual person, but was, you know, very nurturing at the same time. And just, he was very mindful of them. And their personalities, and you know, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, when he when he they showed a few of his one-on-one conversations, he he would bring out what the kid was thinking without the kid having to say it. Yeah, and and he and it wasn't like he was just guessing and he was wrong. The kid was just like, yeah, you're right. So I thought, yeah, he was he was very sweet. Yeah, and and a good teacher, like he knew his shit. Um, and he was good at talking to parents. Like some of the parents were uh, obviously not the best educated people either. Um, there was one funny scene of, of the one kid uh, where it he's trying to do math problem with his mom, and it ends up the, with the whole family standing around the table helping him do a math problem. I don't know if it was the father or the uncle, but he, he was a funny looking dude. <laughs> the like, uh, the cartoon I think it was the character. uncle. <laughs> Yeah, the, what, are you talking about the the uh, heavier set dude and yeah, like the yeah. tank top? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I couldn't tell who was who in that either. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And and another one where like, even though they don't go into a lot of the of each specific kid's background, you still get a feel for every kid's personality, which which then invests you in you know what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and the kids did love this teacher. Like when he, he was telling some of the older kids that uh, he was going to be leaving, uh, they said that they were going to go on strike. You know? Uh, it, was, it was just really... Uh, I, I didn't get that part. Was he saying he was going to retire someday, or was this his last year? Oh, this was his last year of teaching. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
which is why at the end he was kind of tearful saying yeah i thought maybe it was for the summer but yeah that was a very uh nice moment when he's watching everyone go and getting the kisses on each cheek and such a a, yeah his look of loss was was poignant yeah and and there was another the the girl damn it i can't remember her name uh natalie um when he was talking to her and and just like i totally felt for her too like she was so awkward and just yeah couldn't could not bring her you know she's very introverted and shy and and was not great at um at dealing with other people um and just her you know her struggle and he understood that too and and like you really you really got the sense of who she was and you're like oh it's gonna be all right kid you know <laughs> and in in that scene it was even though she didn't say much it was clear how much she liked that teacher too oh yeah, yeah. no totally um yeah, uh, and the, the the conversation he has with the two the two big kids who fought was really nice too. Yeah, he just talk, out. Yeah, he just talked to them like like people. You know, he's yeah. not he's not lecturing them, but he's letting them know you know that it's wrong and why it's wrong, but in a in a way that is not condescending, um, and that makes them feel like like he understands. Mm-hmm. And that, and it, the they showed that scene at the near the end of the episode or end of the show when those kids are moving on and there he's talking about how they have to protect each other and that kid is cracking up at everything he says. It's like, well, he's built this built this up. It's this this uh, relationship with these guys and they really do admire him. Yeah, no, it's, it's so sweet. Yeah, it yeah. is a very sweet movie and and inspiring and it it's it's a hard sell. Like I don't know how you how you get American audiences to want to see this necessarily. I don't even know why we saw it. Viv. We must've read about it somewhere. I seen, think so. Seen a review on back when Ebert was on the air or something. Um, but yeah. And, and then there's Jojo's antics, which, which is the, uh, you know, the comic relief of the whole thing. <laughs> What was this thing? He's, you, and it was, his work was coloring a page, and he couldn't get it done because he was just staring at the wall. Yeah, <laughs> you, you promised you'd have this work done. I could do it tomorrow. We don't have school tomorrow. I know. <laughs> such a fucking weirdo, dude. It, it yeah, it reminds you uh, how kids' brains work. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Um, I think I think JoJo does remind me of myself. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious when he was like. Having that other girl help him with the copier, and they were. <laughs> oh, that, and that other girl was the other sweet, cutest little girl in the whole thing. That Marie, her name was. Yeah. Because when the kid was talking about the dream, she kept saying, "I have dreams like that too," and then walking away so the camera couldn't see her. It was really funny. Yeah. I thought the the scene where they were trying to copy something out of the book was hilarious, and and she was like, after a while, she's like, "You're doing it wrong." They kept getting black pages. <laughs> And he's, he's like, I'm trying to figure this out. And then he gets down and she gets up and he's like, you're not going to be able to understand it either. <laughs> and then they show the, the repairman fixing the thing a little while later. <laughs> Jojo break, broke it in a fit of anger. Yeah, no, but, but the great thing, I mean, well, the kids are all great. And then, and then just the teacher is, is, uh, so good. Like he, he doesn't get impatient with them. Or, or like harsh, um, like you said, Viv. He he kind of like treats them all as individuals. Like he knows he knows the kids. He knows who each one is, and he he gives them special care, basically. 
Um, it's just cool to see. It's you know anachronistic um, way of way of teaching, but it it's really cool. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, uh, I think I just like that it was uh, very different from how I went to school, and you know, like see a different way of teaching, and you know, kids aren't crazy, <laughs> you know, with, in the way that he he's able to kind of keep them all together as a unit, even though they're all different ages. And, you know, I thought it was really, really sweet. And the kids kind of help each other. Yeah. Yeah. He... Oh, the, the little baby who came in and that older bully looking kid was having such a good time kind of trying to make him stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just cracking up at the kid after a while. Yeah. Because the kid will just not shut up saying, Mommy, Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought of another scene I loved. It reminded me of the office space with the stapler. A little girl was playing with all these erasers. Okay. And I don't even know what she was <laughs> doing was with so them, great. but doing a little design. And someone came over and grabbed one. And she looked up with such, just, such a face of... of betrayal. Betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Says, he took my eraser. <laughs> And the kid's like, no, it's mine. And then she just kind of mumbles to herself, it was my eraser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, a, uh, it's an awesome movie. Um, well, I guess we should talk about the, uh, the lawsuit then. So apparently, uh, after, after the, the film uh, came out, the teacher, Mr. Lopez, filed a lawsuit. Um, and asking for uh, a share of the profit, um, and he claims that they they told him that it was going to be uh, used basically for educational purposes. It was not going to be a commercial film, and whatever. Um, and, and the court ruled that um, because he attended the Cannes Film Festival uh, with some of the students, where where it was shown that uh, that that constituted. Uh, acceptance of the use of of his image in the film um as a commercial product which i don't know but then it also says the student stood behind the teacher in this um he, I, I can see his point where he thought it might be exploitative he said some it it kind of maybe caused problems for some of the kids later with their fame and also if if he was told i don't know that it was just just going to be used for um educational purposes then and and then they went on to make money with it. Should he not be entitled to some of that? I mean, I don't really know how that works with documentary subjects. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with documentaries, I think that's very different, you know, than even, like, appearing on a TV show or something like that, you know? Where you, if you start paying the subjects, then, you know, then you can start directing them and, right, you, can start you know, changing the story. and right. Yeah. Right. No, that that is true. Um, and I, I mean, I like the guy, and I can see why he's upset. But why did it take him? Why did he wait till the movie made a lot of money till he complained? I mean, yeah, who knows? He didn't seem like a a really money grubbing dude. Or yeah, or, that's you true. Know. I'd, right. Yeah, he, it probably was more about the fact that the kids had such a bad reaction from other students after it went public that he was like, you know, if these kids are going to get bullied they should get a piece of the pie right so, yeah you're probably right yeah i mean that's my take on it and who knows i mean i just <laughs> i don't know i can't i can't see him doing a 180 and turning into a total dickhead yeah yeah um from what we saw in the film and the, and the film didn't seem to be like 
edited necessarily to show him in a favorable light. He was just a good teacher. I mean, that's how it came across anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, He ran out with two umbrellas to get the kids in the car. (laughs) Uh, Shit, you ain't going to see me doing that for anybody. Get wet, kid. You'll dry. It's called life. Um, You sound like April. I I take that as a compliment. Uh, If only I was as smart as she was. Yeah, the both uh both definitely worth watching. I've I think I've said before, I think pretty much 95% of documentaries that get commercial releases are going to be worth watching because they have to be good to even get released because nobody goes to see documentaries. I agree with that. And it I, seemed like there was a a a a period in the like early 2000s where documentaries were huge though. About when these came out, like Spellbound came out, that Crossword Puzzle one came out. It seemed like there was a bunch that were that got wide claim, wide acclaim. Yeah, no, that that is true. I think that was like the tail end of the uh, the whole '90s indie stuff and everything um, when documentaries got more of a fair shake. And what's his name always is always good. I don't know why. He does, I guess he does short pieces for HBO. Uh, Ooh, Errol Morris. Errol Morris. Well, he just did yeah. one on uh, on <clears throat> Rumsfeld, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, really? I think, I think so. Yeah, which huh. I've heard is really good, but I don't know if I can bring myself to watch. Like, it just seems so depressing to me to listen to Rumsfeld for two hours. <laughs> I've still never seen Fog of War, nope. even. I haven't either. Yeah. I did see that. That was good. Yeah. Um, Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control is my that is favorite, awesome. I think. awesome. That yeah. is so good. Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't... Uh, Maybe that'll be somebody's uh, recommendation. Maybe we shouldn't. Ah, fine. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot about recommendations again. So. No. Well, we ha- kind of have to do them for this one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been recording uh, shit out of order for these REM episodes, and uh, we didn't do one for the, the one we just recorded, um, which will be out in, what, seven weeks? I don't even fucking know. Um, but yeah. There's do that you, pessimism again. Do you want to go? Should we go into... Uh, recommendations this is a brief episode but pat and i are, are kind of uh doing a ton in a row so our brains are uh are frying a bit on this um recommendations you guys go first let me think some something <laughs> well since we're doing documentaries i'm going to go with the up series oh yeah that is that i was reminded of that by by to, to be and to have yeah I, that's what made me think of it too um if people don't know, uh, it's uh, way back in the 60s. They start at age seven. They um, talk to a bunch of kids from uh, in England from different social backgrounds. Um, you know, some some working class and some upper class going to different schools. And and then every seven years, they've come back to talk to them. Uh, they, the last one they did was was 49 up. The last one, I think it was. Um, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, 49 or, or Jesus, was it 56? I can't even remember. But anyway, so it's been going on that long. And it's one of the most fascinating uh, series of movies as in, in aggregate uh, that you'll ever see. Just just how people's lives turn out. I, it's, and, and, you know, how they're, how they're shaped by their childhoods and everything. It's, it's just great. I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, so I say the Up series. 
Uh, do you have I don't, one? I don't think I've seen it since 21. I, I should go back and get the... Oh, get you, the, you've got to. Dude. More of yeah. them. Yeah. Because I, re- I remember loving 7, 14, and 21. I just, I just stopped. It, it becomes... I mean, well, it becomes much more compelling as I think people do in general as they get older, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lives get much more richer, you know, some of the... Some of the <laughs> unfocused anger burns off and, and people kind of find their place more in the world. And it's, yeah, it's fascinating to watch. Uh, Viv, do you have one? Um, so I'm going to recommend a movie called kitchen stories. Oh yeah. And I think it came out at around the same time as a, to be and have and spellbound. Cause I sort of remember watching it watching them, yeah. around the same time. Although I, I have yet to rewatch it. So hopefully this is a good recommendation. Um, but it's a Norwegian film, I think. Yep, um, Norwegian. 2003, so one year later than these two, yeah. Okay. Um, set in, what, post-World War II, where um, there's, a, I think, a government study of some sort going on about how um, men use their kitchens, like how efficient they are in using their kitchens. And it's some government study, so um, it's, it's kind of a quirky movie so these men are dispatched to observe um single men right yeah single men sorry using and how they use their kitchens and so he's like this guy just sits in this really tall chair um like an umpire umpire like a lifeguard chair yeah 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 yeah. okay um (laughs) And he just has to like mark all these things about how this guy, like where this guy goes during the day to, as he uses his kitchen and this, and the guy he's observing is a really like old crotchety. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts like resenting the fact that he's there. They're not allowed to talk to each other or interact in any way. And so he starts just, yeah, I guess not to give too much of it away, but he, he kind of starts to like turn the tables on the, on this observer and, um, it's just really fun and weird and enjoyable. Yeah, and they, I mean, yeah, we shouldn't give too much away about it because yeah. like, people should watch it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but, he, oh, that, yeah, that's a really good one. I hadn't thought about that one for a while. Um, and it does hold up because I, uh, I watched it a second time. So I think, well, <laughs> I think it was one day when I was, like, homesick <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you got something pat yeah i guess uh the, the a book called the fault in our stars it's a kind of young adult novel by john green there's a movie based on it coming out i think next week or maybe this week it's uh about a girl with cancer and her interaction with the world and a romance and it's heartbreaking but awesome it's really well written interesting characters and they hit the portrayal of sick people is spot on it's it's a really good portrayal of what it's like to be ill and what it's like to be dealing with with people who are ill and it's really very very good and it's funny in parts and it's it doesn't take itself too seriously and yeah it's really good book sound like a feel-good hit of the summer yeah i don't i don't think there's many people are going to come out of there with with uh, dry eyes so Wait. we'll see if it's any good do you know who's starring in the movie I don't know the person's name. Oh, it's uh, Shailene Wood. Wood. That's who I figured would star in it because she's starring in all the young adult movies now. Yeah, she was in that action movie. I I didn't say the. Yeah, I don't remember. Not Hunger Games. 
Yeah, yeah but, I, don't I think that's what they should have called it. This is not <laughs> Hunger Games, but you should still see it. Oh, di- Divergent. That's it, yeah. Shailene Woodley? Is that her name? Something like that? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Is she actually a teenager, or is it like Jennifer No, Lawrence? she's like in her 20s, yeah. Okay. She's 50. <laughs> she's, she's 5 billion years old. <laughs> she looks the part, though, so it works. The pre- in the preview, she looks, she looks like the character and there's a there's a character in it in the book who the entire time i read the book i said they have to if this was this, this movie was made 10 years ago it'd be mclovin because just the portrayal of the guy is mclovin so even though bad things happen he still made me laugh do you what? think you'll watch the movie pat excuse me do you think you'll watch the movie when it comes out probably yeah i don't know if i'll see it in the theater but i'll definitely see it just to see how, how good a job they did I don't think either of us cared for your tone with that excuse me, Pat. I think that's what <laughs> the issue was. I'm sorry. I, I have trouble coming across with the guest on the podcast correctly. I'll work on my tone off the air. I thought it was like a excuse me style excuse me. Huh? Excuse me? <laughs> Sock it to me? That's one for our young listeners. They'll get it. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else you got going on, Pat. Like we didn't just talk to each other on a podcast an hour ago. <laughs> What's well, been happening since the last hour? It's been exciting. I, <laughs> I ran half a marathon, the easy you, half. You just gave up after yeah. half. Yeah. Well, usually I, I do it for like 10 minutes this time. I just did five minutes and I gave up and that's about it. Man, what's you w- been going over on over there? Um, train went by. Yeah, there's there's a few trains have been going by, so uh, I mean that's good. People are people are the economy must be picking up if they're taking trains, right? That's oh, it. I did have excitement today, but it was did not become between podcasts. I bought a new office chair. A new for your? Do you have an office? Well, for the desk at, at home, because I work from home some days during the week. Oh, so got I, it. And uh, so I, I have this office chair I got from the thrift store a while ago, and it's it's not terrible, but it's not really comfortable. And my friend had a, a coupon for Staples, and the chairs were on sale, so I went over and bought one. I haven't started using it, though, because it's in the box. I didn't put it together. They're going to charge me $10 to put it together and make it harder to put it in the car. So I said, no, thank you. Are you done? <laughs> no. Do you no, I have- I have a lot more to say. Do you work? Uh, wait, do you work on a laptop when you work from home? Yes, but I don't have. I have it on the, on a desk, and I hook up the laptop to a second monitor, so I have two screens to work on. Oh, so you feel like you're you're actually uh, doing something important? I don't just. I I do that for everything I do. So every so when I do this podcast, I have two screens open, and I feel really important. You sit on like, like that Game of Thrones throne made of swords when you do the <laughs> podcast. Well, I make uh, sharp popsicle sticks. Yeah, well, so do they on the show. They can't afford that many swords. I, I would if I worked from home. I know I would be like on the couch with like the view on TV. <laughs> I I admire that you can uh, sit at a desk and do. Your I got it. I sometimes. Uh, oh, I guess I shouldn't admit this. Admit anyway, I, t- I I took a shower while I was working. Like you know, it was in the morning, so I. I did a bunch of work 
it like because I got up early and I took a shower and I came out of the shower I had a towel on and the phone was ringing so I answered the call and I did like I answered all the questions on the call while I was in the towel and I felt like this is this is what working from home is this is great so yeah the, I mean that's what I'm and I mean the weird thing is that people should know you work as a male escort so it's it's really you're not making a lot of money doing it no, your, your way but. but the, uh, on Tuesdays, I work as a female escort, so it evens out. Yeah, yeah. And you go out for that one. You don't st- you don't work from home. On no, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do it from home. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think there's anything super exciting going on. Uh, we just got back from Hawaii, and uh, that was that was okay. We were, yeah, that's a great description of a a great uh, Hawaiian vacation. Okay. No, it was it was very, like a good sandwich. It was very relaxing. It's always good to get away, but uh, but we were on Oahu and we were like staying in Waikiki, and it's very Vegasy there. Like right along, there's a big strip that's that reminds me a lot of Vegas. It's like a lot of high end department stores, and you know, obviously tourists. Um, but we we did go down to the beach and just relax for a few days which is super nice i see why people do it Um, that's nice although i forgot to put uh sunscreen on my feet oh man that's that's the worst the top of your feet so it feels like you're you have sand all over your feet every day after they burn yeah it was it was pretty bad i think viv was more freaked out about it than i was i think it it looked worse than it felt it's purple oh man yeah did you guys see a volcano um no Your, no. your trip to Hawaii is much different than mine would be because mine would be day one, see one volcano. Day two, see two volcano. Day three, see three volcano. Day four, see one volcano again. Day five, go home. Well, I mean, that's a that was our original itinerary. But it turned out there were no volcanoes in oh. Hawaii. It's it's a, a lie perpetrated by uh, Lost. Yeah. No, no volcanoes. We did uh, we did rent a car and, and like drive up to the North Shore and stuff. Which was cool, get getting away from the the touristy area, and just driving around, seeing really nice beaches. Um, it, yeah, but it's a it's a nice place to visit. Um, but I don't think I don't think I could live there. Is where you stayed? Is that the big city? Is that like where where you like the University of Hawaii and everything? Yeah, Hon- Honolulu. Uh, okay. And then you know Waikiki is the beach and the and the super touristy area of Honolulu. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it is a big city. Traffic is uh, horrendous there. They have no subway systems. Uh, we did take the bus a lot, um, which was not always great. Of course, if there's a subway, it'd be underwater, idiot. Well, that's true, but I don't see why you can't have a submarine as your subway system. Oh, that'd be the dream. So yeah. the the reason you went to Hawaii was to get the birth certificate. Did you find it? Nope. It turns out I had to go to Kenya, but you know we did, we'd already we we're already there. We didn't want to change our flight, and uh, we, there's a lot of good uh, there's a lot of good Asian food there. I'll say that. Probably not the place to go to eat Mexican. We did see a few Mexican restaurants, and we're like, well, I don't think so. <laughs> How do they get there? Uh, through the submarine subway system between Mexico and Hawaii. They just don't have their own Hawaiian system. Did you have any of those frou-frou Hawaiian drinks in the big glasses, or is that just something that restaurants on uh, 
non-Hawaii have to well, say are Hawaiian? No, they definitely have them there. But okay. I think I think it's like on those roller coasters, you know, you have to be this tall. I think you have to be this much of a dick to drink one of those drinks in Hawaii. So uh, I didn't quite make it, which was surprising. But uh, hey, Viv, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi. Hey. She's there, but sleeping. <laughs> she's... As most most everyone else listening to this is. By now. Yeah, she's to- totally checked out. My uh, Hawaiian so... interview. <laughs> she lived through it already. Um, yeah, that was it. Uh, I'm out of school, which is nice, um, but I'll be going back soon. How was your first quarter or semester? How, how was it? Nailed it. That's good. Yeah, no, it's it's easy. You you definitely realize like these kids at eighteen um, are fucking idiots as far as uh, time management and you know prioritizing. Like I'm like you're just going to school. What else are you doing? What, why why can you not do this? Um, Did you say that out loud to people? Uh, I mean, unintentionally. I just kind of shouted it a lot, <laughs> like I had Tourette's. But it was it was only because they were pissing me off so badly um but yeah no i mean it's it's actually i would highly recommend if you're like an older person like me and uh you're uneducated like i am uh go back to school because you will do well i I guarantee you after 25 years working 40 hours a week uh school's a breeze i don't even know how anybody ever fails when that's all they're doing full time um Anyway, yeah, that's all that's that's all that's going on here. Um, I'm gearing up for uh, I don't know what are we doing? Ten more podcasts tomorrow. Yep. So we we got that going for us. I have uh, a couple shows I might be going to soon. Doug Benson's doing movie interruption of Revenge of the Nerds, and Booker's going to be there. <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can get tickets for that. And uh, Camera Obscura is coming in July. I'm going to see if I can get tickets for that. Oh, shit. I we haven't seen them the last time they were. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen them before, Pat? No. So that's, I think I'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah. We haven't either. I guess we should we should look and see if they're coming our way. Ah, damn it. And they're playing at a venue. <laughs> they're playing at a venue I've never been to. So I, I like that, too. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. I know. I mean, there's a... There's one venue here that I prefer above all others. Um, not well, probably partly because it's usually cheap, but also uh, it's just a nice. The Great American Music Hall is a nice place. Uh, my favorite place to see shows because um, it can be a crapshoot. Like some places will have really bad sound, or they just have, like have no seating or anything, so you got to stand in cramped quarters. Um, I think we saw we saw a show with you at the Fillmore, right, Pat? Didn't we see Stereo Lab together? Yeah, all, all of us. Yeah, yeah and th- th- we had to stand for that, um, which I don't. I generally just would rather sit down. I was going through my stuff since I I got the new job and I have a new cubicle and I wanted to have fun stuff to put up on the wall and I can't find. I don't think I had one from the Stereo Lab concert, but I had a couple a couple fun Fillmore posters that I used to have up in my old job and I can't find them. They were neat. Oh, the Stereo Lab poster is pretty cool. I guess I I must have lost it. I know I went to the show because I had a ticket, but I don't remember what happened to the poster. Oh, they might not have had a poster of that one. I think I think a friend might have given me a Stereo Lab poster from another Fillmore show. Okay, that must be it because there's no way I would lose. A, I had a, a Cardigans poster, which was awesome, but I would I would not 
treat that as nicely as I would treat the stereo lab poster. It would just be kind of in my junk, but stereo lab poster would be like in the safe. In your junk. Need to <laughs> talk about that. Um, all right. Well, Viv, you got uh, anything you want to say? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for coming on. It was yeah. Fun. Thanks a lot. It was fun. I'm sure you're going to come again. Thanks. That was Don Committal. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, it wasn't even. It was, the, it was thanks with a question mark. <laughs> Man. All right. I guess we know where we stand, Pat. Um, well, uh, as always, write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook and uh, rate us on iTunes. Highly, please. And tell your friends to listen in. Yeah. And uh, if you want to come on, come on. Give us a topic. We'll talk about it with you. Um, as long as there's not any reading involved, I think. We've been... That could be short reading. It could. Don't give us a novel. Yeah, that's, that's kind what of... What we're really looking for is someone who wants to come on and talk about politics. Yeah, that's it's. We, <laughs> our show is always at its best when politics come up. Um, really, but... the best option would be if you're a conservative Republican and you want to talk to us about politics and you're not, unable to talk about it without arguing, that's what we really want. That uh, be perfect. A meeting of the minds. Um, all right. Fuck this. Uh, I gotta go. So, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Joe. I never travel to the house. I enjoy the rhythm of the walking mouse. I enjoy the hate when they pass the noise. I enjoy the burning and the destroy. I enjoy the touch that the stupid little black. Why she just snacks, snacks, snacks? If a man.